Good morning and welcome to chapel. Chapel today will be highlighting the service, camping, and ministry inquiry programs. We're going to hear a little bit about people who had that experience over the summer and also inform you of ways that you can be involved if um, that is something that interests you. But first of all, I would invite you to put away your cell phones and devices out of respect for one another in this room and out of respect for those who are going to be presenting. We'll start today by lighting the peace lamp. As you've noticed, it has been getting very cold and snowy, and we light the peace lamp today in remembrance of those who do not have a place to go when it is cold or snowy, and we hold them in our hearts and ask God to bless them in our prayers. Our scripture today comes from 1 Peter 4, verses 8 to 10. Above all, love each other deeply, <clears throat> because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Let's pray. God, we thank you for <clears throat> the many opportunities we have here at Goshen College. We thank you for students that have been involved in camping, in service, and in ministry. We ask that you open our hearts to receive what uh, they have to say today. We ask that you place a call on each of our lives to help us understand our vocation and our calling and how we can be of service to others in this world. In your name we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite David Kendall to come up and give you a bit of an overview of these programs. Thank you, Joanne. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be with you today. My name is Dave Kendall. I'm the coordinator of Career Networks here at Goshen College. And today we're going to talk about something that will hopefully warm you up because it happens in the summertime, right? We're, we're starting to freeze here. And so it'll be good to sort of warm up by thinking about what might be possible in the uh, future. And so in just a few minutes, we'll have five students be talking and sharing with you about their experiences uh, going through this program. Uh, last year, we had Ian, Talia, Chelsea, and Rachel. And then two years ago, we had uh, Madeline Kaufman who went through the ministry inquiry program. And so they'll be talking with you in a few minutes. We'll have some songs and we encourage your participation in that because that'll also help you warm up. Uh, before we get into that, I would like to give you a little bit of context into what the summer inquiry program actually is. And if you look up here on the screen, uh, you can see that Summer Inquiry is a 10 to 11 week experience that uh, in, does involve, well, you get to choose whether you want to try ministry, camping, or service. And some of the goals that we hope you come away with by going through this program are that you would develop leadership skills, establish a network of friends and connections, deepen and challenge your own faith, you also get paid some, uh, a little something while you're there. Uh, we encourage all of the relationships that we have with our uh, inquiry participants to pay you. 
and that comes in the form of either $500 to $1,000 over the course of that 10 to 11 weeks. And then the added bonus of the inquiry program is that we pay, I shouldn't say we, there is money for you to, that goes towards your tuition that comes from the camping inquiry pro, or the uh, ministry service and camping inquiry programs. So that's a little bit of information about the program. At the end of this, I'll tell, talk to you a little bit more about how you can apply to be part of that. And right now, I'd like to go ahead and turn it over to Madeline Kaufman. Thank you. Hey, good morning, y'all. Um, I'm a junior, a junior social work major, Bible and religion minor, and I did ministry inquiry program the summer after my freshman year at Goshen College. Um, I've also spoken about it before, so many of you have probably heard this at a chapel before. Um, I worked at Hyattsville Mennonite Church in Hyattsville, Maryland, um, and I lived a couple miles away from the church I worked at in Washington, D.C. I suppose I'll start with a little bit of a disclaimer. I'm learning that every time I'm asked to speak in front of others about um, my experience doing ministry inquiry program or even any time I engage with someone in conversation about it, I talk about it differently. And I think part of that is differences in context. And also, as more time passes, I grow more as a person. And so I have different takeaways from that time. Um, theologically, I'm in a little bit of a messier, less certain place. But I would say my learnings from that summer have continued to stay with me into this more ambiguous place. Um, I should also mention that I don't like to talk about ministry inquiry program as this like capital E experience that's only valuable because it was some sort of service and I learned something. This was part of my life. Like those three months were part of my life and they've continued to be part of me today and I think that's really important to acknowledge. I will say in addition to what David has already told you about the inquiry programs, the ministry inquiry program is highly customizable. Um, so the experiences I had, um, the church I worked at, and the city I lived in, it was primarily determined by me and what I wanted. With this program, you really get what you seek, um, what you set for yourself, what you ask for, what you give. Um, that summer, I did a lot of the church work that you might expect from someone who interned at a church, especially a Mennonite one. Um, I learned more about worship leading, worship arts, preached, I did pastoral visits with my supervising pastor. Um, the church I was involved in already did a lot of community outreach and community work, and so I got to jump in and help learn about coordinating and planning those things, you know, work at soup kitchens and um, hosting people in the church to stay who needed a place overnight. Um, and of course, in the life of a church, random tasks tend to pop up, so I also spent a good bit of time picking up sticks and litter in the churchyard. Um, I also did some other things, and a lot of these I was really lucky to be able to do with my supervising pastor. The church I was at was particularly passionate about making sure um, the pastors were able to put some of their time towards community work. And when you say community in Washington, D.C., there's a lot of opportunities for larger protests or demonstrations. So I participated in the Poor People's Campaign, which is building off the legacy of Martin Luther King's work and his own Poor People's Campaign um, to call for economic justice, um, environmental justice. It's still doing work in cities today, by the way. Um, I spent a lot of time at Women's Alliance for Theology, Ethics, and Ritual, which is a small nonprofit organization run by two Catholic 
women um, and they do feminist theology and liberation theology and um, do a lot of really good work, check it out. I was also lucky to participate in a lot of um, demonstrations for immigration justice. Um, at this time that summer, there was a lot going on with um, DACA still and the way we were treating immigrant families and still are and children. Um, and so there was a lot of action happening in the Capitol around that. And I was lucky enough to volunteer my time to help make sure some of those protests could happen. Um, I worked at the International Guest House, which is a Mennonite organization. It is a large house along 16th Street near Rock Creek Park that is sort of a bed and breakfast hostel type thing. And the primary role is for showing hospitality, which was really cool. I also did a lot of reading. This was one of the first summers I was really exposed to a lot of liberation theologies like feminist theologies and a little bit of queer theology. Um, the, the reading and learning more about things that I was doing was really important to me. So I also read about immigration issues, um, systemic racism in the United States, gun violence in the United States. All of those things are really valuable to me and I love talking about them. Um, but man, I cannot think about this summer or talk about this summer without acknowledging how what mattered most to me was the relationships. My supervising pastor was incredible. I still talk to her today. She's still a mentor of mine. And my host family was really wonderful too. Um, I lived with an older couple and I still talk to them today as well. They really became uh, mentors and role models in my own life. Church, church members were wonderful and hospitable and showed me what a gift hospitality is. Um, yeah, thank you. Hi, good morning. Um, my name is Chelsea Foster. I am a senior history major, and I wrote this all out so I don't rant on because I can, um, but I'm not gonna do that to you this morning. So this summer, as you can see, I did the service inquiry program. Um, and for my service, you there's a long list of things you can do. And I chose to work with City Service Mission. Um, they have locations all over the country, but I chose to work in Chicago for many different reasons. Um, but I am super thankful that I chose Chicago. And just a little background on City Service Mission. Their mission statement um, reads, to provide an effective urban ministry experience that transforms lives, influences churches and communities, and honors Christ. Um, so that's a little bit of background on them. But as for my role, I was considered a city host. So basically what I did is when church youth groups came for their week of service, I was their host. And so I would give them driving directions. I would take them to their ministry sites. Um, I provided the food or the experiences at the restaurants. I paid for it. Well, I didn't pay for it with my own money, but I paid for it. Um, explaining some of the significance of historical and cultural elements of Chicago. Um, I led discussions about some of the injustices happening in Chicago and then just getting to like know them and their stories. That was pretty much a sum up of what I did for the summer, the entire summer. Um, yeah, there are so many things that I could talk about from this experience. If you know me, I talk about Chicago a lot um, because it meant a lot to me. And so I spent a lot of time trying to find the right like words to describe how life-changing and transforming this was to me. 
Um, there were so many moments that I walked in to this summer where I was questioning um, the world. I was questioning God. Um, I was very confused, and there was a lot of loss in my life, and I didn't know exactly how to deal with it. But because of this summer and all of that, it impacted me a lot. And for this brief presentation, I just wanted to talk about a few of the examples of like moments that I found the most hope in, because um, I could dwell on a lot of the, like, like I said, the loss that I felt going into it. But there was so much hope in this summer that I would just rather share with all of you. And so the first is this amazing picture of all these amazing women that I got to work with this summer. Um, our entire staff was all female, not on purpose, but it was the way it ended up playing out. Um, and I was really nervous about this because I had never worked with so many other women before. And just like the negative like stereotypes of it, I was like, it's going to be full of gossip. It's going to be really like passive aggressive. It's just going to be not very fun. Or I was just really nervous. And I was so wrong. I mean, just so absolutely wrong about everything that happened with these women. Um, they were some of the supportive people I've ever met in my life. And they loved me so well throughout the entire summer. Um, and I honestly aspire to be like every single one of them. I wish I could talk about one or two of them, but they're all amazing in their own ways. And there were so many moments that just felt like God moments, like God placed them in my life to help me um, and what I was struggling with in my journey. Um, and yeah, like I said, I wish I could explain it all. I wish I could tell you how all of these women were like the big sister I never had, um, how all of them heard my story and made me feel loved um, and made me feel supported. Um, and they met me where I was at on my journey and they loved me for it anyways, um, despite all of the pain. And at the end of the day, each of them had this passion that you just saw in the way that they walked out life um, that was so beautiful and made me want to be more like them. And so I am so internally grateful for meeting them um, and for calling them some of my best friends. And yeah, so they were amazing. Um, one of the second things that uh, I did most of the summer was be at ministry sites with my youth groups. Um, and the place that I spent the most time was at the Bright Boys and Girls Club, which is what all these pictures are from up here. Um, I spent like literally almost the whole summer and all like most of my days here um, in South Derry in Chicago. And there was a director there, his name was LaRage Thomas, and he was everything. Um, one of the most amazing men I've ever met in my life. Uh, he grew up in a boys and girls club and he is now running this one. And the work that he has done to kind of transform the way those kids live their lives is amazing. Um, the way he loved the kids and would do anything to keep them safe um, and to give them a better life was super inspiring. Um, just like the women, his passion showed every day in the way that he just interacted um, with the kids, but also with me and with our youth groups. Um, I brought youth groups, like I said, and they were only there for a week, and everyone there treated them like they were family, like they had been here um, for forever, and that was just really beautiful um, and very inspiring, and so I love them so much, and I miss them every day. Okay, oh. Lastly, um, the thing I want to talk about is my youth groups. Um, this was also a part of the experience that I was really nervous about. Um, I have not grown up in a church uh, setting at all. Um, I didn't even really get, I didn't even start going to church until I came to college. Um, so I had no idea what youth groups were. I didn't know how they worked. Um, I was very concerned that I would not be able to connect with many of these youth groups. 
just because they're different than me. They have different, I assumed that they had different stories than I did and that they lived different lives than I did. Um, but I was, I mean, so completely wrong about that because they were so amazing to me despite the fact that I hadn't grown up the same way that they did. And they welcomed me in like I was their family. Um, I'm not supposed to have favorites, but these three are my favorites for sure. Um, and that's why I put their pictures up there because they were just so much fun to be around. And like I said, they made me feel like I was a part of their family. I still talk um, to some of these youth group leaders and their kids today, and it's like nothing has changed. Um, it's like I lived with them my whole life. Um, they asked deep and hard questions about God, about the world, about injustice, and about ourselves. And more than anything, I love staying up late and talking through these things with them. I loved playing old throwback songs in the vans with them when we had to sit in traffic in Chicago. Um, I loved spontaneously jumping into Lake Michigan with all of them. Um, there was so much to love about spending, like, and right, there's only, a, it's a week long, so it's not very long um, time spent with these groups, but it felt like forever. It felt like way longer than that. And there were so many days that were so hard um, as well along with that. There was days that we sat in tears and we lamented because of the suffering we saw. Um, but we also sat in so many times of just joy and hope because of the work that we saw God doing in Chicago and the work we saw the people in Chicago doing for Chicago. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, I don't have the words to fully express how life-changing and transforming this was for me. Um, I, every day, I try to live out a little bit what I learned um, in Chicago and what I learned from these people. Um, following suit along with like a lot of what Madeline said, like the relationships here meant more to me than anything else could have. And they helped me to see the best versions of myself, but also want to strive to be better in the ways that they were. And so one of the goals that we tried to do in Chicago um, during the summer and what I try to do now, although not, sometimes it's harder than others, um, is try to see the work that God's doing and not miss it. Um, because like I said, every day there was a chance to see the work that God was doing there. And I think every day in my life now, there's a chance to see the work that God is doing here. Um, and so with that, I'm still learning every day about who God is. I still question who God is. I still question who God calls me to be and what my purpose is. Um, I still question what does it mean to fight injustice and what does that look like? Um, what does it look like to walk life with those around us um, in the good, but especially in the bad? And those are things I'll probably question and that will transform me for the rest of my life. But I'm thankful and so, 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 so grateful for the experience I had in Chicago. And I would recommend it. Um, thank you for letting me share my experience with you today. Hi, my name is Rachel Klink, and I am a senior double major in history and peace, justice, and conflict studies with a Bible minor. And I spent this past summer doing the service inquiry program, and I was placed at the Center for Community Justice. During my time at CCJ, um, I learned a lot primarily about concepts of restorative justice. And at CCJ in particular, it operates under three sort of principles or guiding rules that um, crime or misconduct is interpersonal between people 
uh, oftentimes the victim of a crime uh, is the like county or the state or some government entity and not the actual victim themselves. So recognizing that crime is interpersonal and thus the solution needs to be interpersonal and therefore uh, before people can move on in a healthy way, they need to address that. Um, so CCJ, at CCJ, I primarily was a caseworker. And so what that means is we would get referrals from the court um, and the case would have like a offender and a victim. And so we would try to reach out to the victim and see if they had any restitution needs. And restitution can come in all sorts of forms. Primarily, it's financial, but uh, sometimes people want an apology or an explanation. Um, and mediation, which is what uh, CCJ does, helps give people that time to uh, determine what they need and actually be able to uh, move on in their own way instead of the court system leaving them out. And so we'd reach out to the victim. Sometimes they wouldn't want to do the mediation process uh, and sometimes they would. And so once they reached out to us and said that they wanted a mediation process, we would have to kind of determine what that looks like to them, what they need, and then we would reach out to the offender. Um, so there are two types of mediation direct and indirect. Uh, direct is the offender and the victim meeting and you are there to facilitate. And the other one is indirect where you kind of go back and forth until you can settle on uh, restitution. And so basically a lot of these were financial and so it would say he, the victim would bring in uh, some sort of documentation of their losses that weren't covered by insurance. And they would say, I want restitution in this amount. And then we would take that to the offender and the offender would say, oh, well, I dispute this amount. I'll pay this amount, but I won't pay all of it. And then so we would take that back to the victim and eventually settle on a number. And if we can't, then it goes back to the court system. But usually we can. And usually uh, they then sign some sort of contract in which the offender is legally uh, bound to uphold. And then we set up a payment plan that the offender can keep up with because we don't want to set unrealistically high expectations for the offender because it's not fair on them and it's also not fair on the victim to expect something that they're not going to be able to get because the offender can't afford it. Um, what else did I do? Uh, so that was a lot of the casework that I did. I also did um, some reports on recidivism. And so recidivism is, CCJ considers recidivism to be if an offender has re-offended within uh, three years. And so I don't have the numbers right now, but I did a lot of reports on comparison between offenders who don't go through the mediation process. So offenders who 
whose victim didn't require uh, further restitution and comparing that with the offenders that have gone through this process. Um, so I spent a lot of time looking up a lot of offenders' cases and seeing if they had re-offended. Um, it was very, at times, somewhat tedious work, but I enjoy that kind of stuff. Um, yes, uh, I worked with about four other caseworkers at the time, and it was a really fun time and uh they helped me a lot in just figuring out what restorative justice is and what how it looks in my life um and it was a really valuable experience i'd also counted as my internship for both history and pjcs so that was an added bonus i'm taking restorative justice right now and a lot of what i spent the summer doing is uh, a lot of what we're doing in class. So it's nice to see that this is kind of real world application for that. Um, I think that's everything. Thanks, bye. Hey everyone, my name is Ian Martin and I'm a junior psychology major and music minor. And I worked at Drift Creek Camp in Oregon last summer, and then I worked at Rocky Mountain Mennonite Camp this summer through the Camping Inquiry program. And my name is Talia Miller. I'm from Millersburg, Ohio, and I'm a third year studying social work and with a minor in peace and justice studies. Um, last year was my second year working at Rocky Mountain Mennonite Camp, um, but it was my first year being a part of the Camping Inquiry program. Yeah, so we were both at RMMC, which is just west of Colorado Springs on the Pikes Peak Massif. So you can see there, you can see on uh, the map that's on the right is zoomed in. Um, Pikes Peak is between uh, Rocky Mountain Mennonite Camp and Colorado Springs. Um, and RMMC is uh, provides a variety of different programs such as retreats, um, music camps, family camps, snow camps, and you know your classic summer camp. Um, yeah, so some of the things um, about what we did. Um, so at RMMC, the first half of the summer is uh, residence camps, and that's where campers come for a week at a time, um, and each week there's a different age group that comes. Um, so Ian and I, for the first half, were both counselors, um, which means we were in charge of um, a cabin of campers, and we stayed with them in the cabin at night, and during the day made sure that they were all where they needed to be. Um, we also led different activities um, throughout the day. Uh, one of those main activities was hiking um, because of the beautiful location of Rocky Mountain. There's lots of hikes. Um, so during the week, we went on three hikes throughout the, throughout the week. Um, Mondays and Wednesday mornings, we went on hikes. And Friday, we would go on an all-day hike. Um, in the afternoon, we led camp activities like tie-dye, pond games, volleyball, uh, various nature activities. Um, and in the evenings, we had recreation and we participated in worship, which usually involved all of us singing a bunch of um, really fun camp songs and our camp pastor talking for a bit. Yeah, so then the second half of the summer is when the family camps happen. So 
We aren't counselors anymore. The families just kind of like govern themselves, I guess. Um, but we were in support staff roles during this time, so we either worked in the kitchen or did maintenance or housekeeping or helped with childcare. Um, and this was a really nice schedule because we'd work for six to eight hours per day and then just have free time. And free time in the Rocky Mountains is, there's a lot of options. So you can go hiking. A lot of people hiked. Some people less uh, inclined to sensory stimulation would either like sit and watch TV or, um, I don't know, my favorite thing to do was to find a nice quiet scenic spot um, somewhere around camp, set up my hammock, read, maybe listen to music. Uh, but yeah, it, it was really nice. The free time was a lot of fun. You could also do things like go to different places in Colorado or like go camping or yeah, a lot of fun stuff. Um, for me, my favorite things to do um, with campers um, was recreation. Um, I kind of talked about this earlier, but um, this is always after dinner, um, and it's a time when we play a bunch of super fun games on the ball field, like capture the flag, sharks and minnows, and a bunch of different forms of tag, including toilet tag, my personal favorite. Um, and as a staff member, uh, when we had more free time, definitely my favorite thing was hiking. That's a huge draw for me um, at Rocky Mountain. Um, I always feel super refreshed and accomplished and rejuvenated at the top of hikes. Um, and I love the beautiful scenery along the way. And yeah, it's honestly just amazing. Uh, my favorite thing to do with campers is to go on nature walks. Uh, I'm less of a hiker, so I do like just like a more relaxed walk through the forest and being able to point out all the trees and plants and rocks to all the kids, get them excited about that. Um, and I already said, my favorite thing to do in my free time is hammock. Um, yeah, so to conclude, working at camp is awesome because time kind of stops a bit. Time kind of matters less. You only have to worry about where you are right now. Am I hungry? Am I okay? Am I safe? And then what's happening in the next hour? Like now here, especially in college, we're always thinking about what's the next deadline? Am I going to be able to get all my homework done? If I'm, am I spending my free time correctly? You know, that kind of deal. Uh, camp, you just kind of, you do your thing. You go with the schedule. Um, <clears throat> another um, amazing thing from um, my experience at camp this summer um, is just that the weather's amazing. It's a beautiful environment. Um, there's lots of really fun things to do outside. And um, yeah, the scenery is just beautiful. Um, and another awesome bonus is, um, like Madeline and Chelsea both said, relationships. Um, you get to bond with a super great group of staff um, and meet new people and do um, a lot of really fun activities together. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in working at a camp or doing any of the things that we have talked about, the Camping Inquiry Program and Inquiry Programs in general are an awesome um, way to aid people in doing those things. Um, and also just a plug for RMMC. It's an awesome camp and it's a great place to do that. So. We're going to end our time together today by singing, singing a few goofy camp songs that are always hits around the campfire. So if you all could stand up, if, you, if you've worked at a camp before or have gone to camp before, 
feel free to come to the front. Come give us some energy. You can stand in this circle area. Join us. Join us. All right, everybody, let's sing, huh? How many of you guys know this song? Anybody? All right, it's good enough. All God's critters got a place in the choir. Some sing low, some sing high, some sing out loud. Telephone wire, some just clap their hands and call their name. Listen to the bass, it's the one on the bottom where the bullfrog goes. Hippopotamus moans and groans with the big just goes through Cause all God's critters got a place in the choir Some sing low, some sing high Some sing out loud on the telephone Some just clap their hands The dogs and the cats, they take up the tune Where the hungry bee hums and the cricket fiddles The donkey brings and the pony names The old coyote howls Cause all God's critters got a place some sing low, some sing high, some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands Listen to the top where the little birds sing on the melodies and the high notes ringing. The big owl hollers over everything. Jaybird disagrees. All God's critters got a place in the choir. Some sing low, some sing high, some sing out loud. Just clap their hands and pause for anything we got now. It's a simple song that's sung everywhere by the fox and the fox and the grizzly bear and the grumpy alligator and the hawk and the sly raccoon and the turtle dog. Can we sing it like we're pirates? Is that a? Cause I got a river of life flowing out of me. It makes a lake to walk and a blind to see. The open prison door sends the cartoon straight. I got a river of life flowing out 
fast. I've got a river of life flowing out All right, we got just a little more information. You're taking off on me, but I want to tell you how that you can apply for this uh, wonderful transformative experience. One of the things that comes back every time when inquiry program students return is that these are transformative experiences, and quite possibly it happens in this order. Uh, relationships, the work, and the location. And so I want to quickly tell you how you can apply 
for this uh, unique opportunity. And uh, if you look up on the screen, you can see that you can go to the link goshen.edu forward slash cmin forward slash inquiry underscore programs. Each program takes up to eight students, which means it could be eight camping inquiry students, eight ministry students, eight service students. The early bird deadline is December 1st, 2019. That's coming up. The regular deadline is January 31st, 2020. If you have any questions, you can contact me. Again, my name is Dave Kendall, the coordinator of Career Networks. You can reach me at my email address, which is davidk15 at goshen.edu or at careers at goshen.edu. Also, if you're planning to leave on an SST in the spring, it's best to do this, like apply for this now so that we can set up a meeting and you can get all of your, your ducks in a row before you take off for that. I want to again thank all of our uh, campers, to, or our, our ministry and camping and service inquiry participants today. Thank you, Joanne. Appreciate it.